0: Yes, you've arrived at the Legend Podcast at DaxmyHand.com. How did I become a legendary sports figure? How does anyone become legendary? It starts with a coach. Join us as we have conversations with coaches of all ages, experience, and expertise, and find out what does it take to lead athletes to legendary status. Really, you do have a lot of useless knowledge up there in the head of yours. All right, welcome to the DaxMyHand.com podcast. We've got a special treat today. Our first repeat... Podcast, uh, Dennis Faust. How are you, Dennis? Well, I'm doing great, Dax, and I'm honored to be the first repeat podcast. Yeah, so you're the, <laughs> you're the first person we've brought back. We we've got some exciting stuff to talk about. Uh, we talked to you probably around a year ago about that. Yes, and and uh, you've uh, actually I think you were getting ready to retire uh, as a judge a year ago, and okay, you've, uh, and so how's that gone? Tell us what you're up to now. Well,
1: the retirement uh, has been great. Uh, actually, I retired in July of. 2015, uh, but I stayed on until after the election, uh, filling in uh, uh, until uh, the vacancy was filled, and then I have done some special judge work uh, and still am doing a little bit of that. I was in what was called the Retired Judge Program, but I got out of that uh, because uh, oh, in April I ended up uh, coming officially out of retirement, which – retirement is just a term of art when you come right down to it uh and uh took the job as the park superintendent at mike miller park uh which uh just seemed to be a perfect fit for me because of my involvement in in uh youth sports and and so i've been there since april and, and we've had a good summer we've had some weather difficulties out at the park but uh we're very excited about what's going on in the park and and by working in uh as park superintendent that also gives me a, a a better opportunity to work with and uh, expand and hopefully improve some of our youth athletic programs uh, throughout the county not just limited to uh, what's going on in mike miller park but but it's more expansive you know and and that's one thing people
0: that i've always spoke to from outside the county you know mike miller park is one thing they all know about it's a beautiful park uh, it's got. There's a lot of different things you can do at the park. You got baseball, you got softball, you got tennis, basketball, uh, soccer. You know, uh, walking trails uh, and so forth. There's a lot going on. Uh, but I know one thing that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, I have a daughter who is a mountain biker on the Marshall County Mountain Bike Team. Okay, um, and so I think you guys are, are looking at uh, maybe doing some new things with regards to mountain bikes. Kind of talk about that? Yeah.
1: Uh, well, Dax, one of the things that that we have recognized and and when i when I took the park job, one of the things that that I talked to uh uh the interview committee and talked to uh, our county judge executive about was. Uh, future expansion and plans for the park Uh, where do we go what do we do to make it more attractive Uh, not just for our people but uh, to use it as uh, frankly an economic development tool and and there are lots of areas uh, and you know you would not be surprised at the number of uh, comments the input that i've had from people in the community Uh, and mountain biking is one of the Main things that I keep hearing about, and, uh, well, we have a need, simply, uh, and, and that's one of the things that I've always tried to address would be when when there is a need, how can we fill that need? And I, and I think that's one of the things that makes Marshall, Marshall County unique, uh, is that when we see a need for something, we go get it done. Uh, other places lag. I don't think we do here in Marshall County, but we have our Marshall County high school mountain bike team is a, is they've been in existence for three years. This is their fourth year, I believe. Correct. Uh, yeah. And they are the three time Tennessee state mountain bike champion. Yeah. And yes, I said Tennessee. And so that there's a, there's a twofold problem there. One, one, uh, I guess that uh, our mountain bike team has what would be considered club status, uh, yeah, I that's guess. Correct, yeah. uh, it's not because the KHSAA does not recognize mountain or does not have a mountain biking program. Right, they do not uh, sanction it. Now, part two would be maybe eventually uh, getting that interest built where that maybe the KHSAA would do that. Um, uh, but that's that's looking way ahead. Let's do first things first. We have a team that doesn't have a home, so to speak. Have to go to l b l to practice things like that well, uh now, they had been coming out to uh Miller Park and practicing. They've sort of carved out a place, but they we don't have adequate facilities for a mountain bike trail as it is right now. Uh, because what we don't want to happen is we don't want one of our young mountain bikers to run over one of our walkers. Now we have beautiful walking trails, which, uh, have also, I, and I hate to say this, they've suffered a little bit this year because of all the flooding that we had back in July. Yeah. But we are, we're gonna be constantly working on improving those and, but, but, going back to the mountain bike trail we're looking to uh to see about uh the possibility and we're going to develop a mountain bike trail one way or the other that is one of our top priorities to do that uh we're looking again at some park expansion which if we're able to do that um, would uh make things amenable for a mountain biking trail uh there uh in our county park if we have that then our mountain biking team has a place. But it, it wouldn't it's not just limited to the high school mountain biking team. There are a lot of people, I mean, uh in Marshall County and frankly in other counties too because uh that's one of the things about Mike Miller Park. Uh it is i I I walked into a great situation. We have a beautiful park. People are always complimentary. Uh I have an incredible crew uh, the maintenance crew they take it personally when somebody throws trash on the ground uh, you know we had the vandalism uh, back uh, on September eleventh of all days right uh, they took it personally in two days. we had the park pretty well cleaned up yeah. now we still have some minor things that we're working on, but we those guys got it. Taken care of,
0: and you know, let me let me step in there. You know, as a as a person who uses the park a lot, who um, has rented ball fields in the past, or mm-hmm. or you know, right. worked uh, practice on fields, those guys are really hands on. I mean, they come up, they ask, "Is there anything I can do to help you? Is it? Do you need it dragged? I mean, what what do you need? What can I do to help you?" And they've always. You know, and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here, but they have always been so helpful and 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 very good guys, and just whatever you need done, they take care of it.
1: Oh yeah, and and, and until April, I had been in your shoes a lot, uh, working with uh, uh, with the park crew, and never have I ever run into a situation where one of the park crew would say, "Well, I can't do that." They're polite, they're helpful, they're complimentary. But they take pride in their work. Uh, and uh, so when I went in and and, and started uh, my job as park superintendent, of course, one of the first things I did was I got with them and we talked about everybody's role. And I said, the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that part was not broken. Uh, the only thing I did uh, was try to add to it. Because there were there were some things like, like I told them, uh, I can drag a ball field. I know how to drag a ball field too, um, and we compared notes. and And uh, did I come in and say you're not doing this the right way? Well, I would have been wrong to begin with. But we we work together and and are always looking for better ways. Uh, one of the first problems that we had was that the dirt on the ball fields. Had not been conditioned in in several years, and when people don't realize that when you bring loads of dirt in, first of all, it costs money, but you have to do that pretty well every year. In addition to that, you have to make sure it's properly conditioned for drainage issues. Uh, one of the f- first things that I thought I was going to have to do would be to rework and add underground drainage on some of the fields. Uh, That's quite expensive. Uh, I didn't have the budget money to do that. And people don't realize, again, the maintenance costs that are involved. But we were able to get conditioner on them. We're going to add more conditioner next spring. Uh, One of the things that I'm trying to do as park superintendent now is to set up a, a rational maintenance program where uh, both for the baseball fields and the soccer fields uh, for the walking trails where that rather than uh, being reactive oh we had a, a walking trail that collapsed or something like that uh, be proactive have the maintenance done ahead of time so we'll take a field and 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 rework it then next year we'll do another field and you keep that on an annual work schedule uh it can be adding soil. it can be putting sand in the grass on the Bermuda fields. It can be seeding, overseeding, and refertilizing uh, the soccer fields and the outfields of the baseball fields because you know you and I were talking before uh, before we started this uh, about how the the ball fields and the soccer complexes that catch your eye have thick. Beautiful turf And I'm talking about grass turf Right. Uh, and while don't get me wrong It would be great to have an artificial turf field Out there uh, It's not sort of, in the budget It's right. not in the budget And uh, it would take Um Uh, It would take a benefactor who won one of those uh, multi-million dollar lotteries and said, here it is.
0: Well, I'll keep buying tickets,
1: Keep buying tickets, guys. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you you know, and and, uh, talking about attracting people to it, I know – you know, uh, LBL does a great job of bringing folks into that canal loop. They have right. races. So obviously that's something that you could do. But even, even folks that, uh, I, I know for a fact there are people that ride the canal loop every day, retired folks, mm-hmm. uh, people on vacation. And so that, that makes Mike Miller or will help make Mike Miller kind of a destination spot. You'll have right. people, you know, constantly using it, which that's, that's what it's for. Right. right?
1: Exactly. And, and that's one of the things that these things, don't happen overnight mm-hmm. and but as long as we have steps in progress or that you can see progress is being made um, but the mountain biking trail is something that i 'm hoping can happen in the very near future i'm mm-hmm. i'm i'm encouraged by some of the things that we 're trying to do but uh, uh one of the things that I would like to be able to do with mountain biking trail would be to have uh have it where we 'd have it a part of it designated for competitive riders, but you also need the place for the, the person who's out there getting exercise yeah. who's not, or getting started the getting, younger. Right. Kids, right. Yeah. 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 And, and so, uh, and the nice thing about that is we have so many people in our community, you know, uh, take Steve Beckett, who basically, uh, I think he is actually coaching the mountain biking team. Of course, his son Carson is at, it, is it Brevard, is brevard, brevard college, college over in yeah. north carolina mm-hmm. where he, and of course he's uh my understanding he's pretty well world class when it comes to mountain biking
0: oh yeah he uh i believe he was on like the maybe and i may say this wrong the national junior mountain bike team i, I think it so raced but, overseas right yeah. i mean
1: and uh so we have we have the knowledge right here mm-hmm. in fact steve and i were talking uh through emails last week uh so i can't say we were talking we were communicating by email uh and uh so we we're we're looking at doing some things and, and there are other people uh, uh in the community who we know can help us and, and the the good thing about if if we can figure out the where to put it and things like that and we're working on that and and i, do, I i'm comfortable that that there there are going to be opportunities for us in where we have a mountain biking trail, but it's not a cost-prohibitive thing either. Right. And that's like uh, other things that we like to do, you know, amphitheater, uh, which I'm not sure is necessarily cost-prohibitive either, but, yeah, there is is some – some initial cost but we'd like to put an amphitheater in. Uh we're we're looking at doing some more memorials uh for our veterans. Uh you know there are all kinds of things in the works that uh but but one of the things I learned from the vandalism and I know that's kind of random uh, in terms of that is how much pride people take in the park. Yeah. And uh uh it was amazing the reward money that uh people donated. Mm-hmm. Uh people are willing to pay for a a, a good product, mm-hmm. uh, and and we have a good product, um, we have to live within our means though, and 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 we're not. I'm not out promising the earth and sky, uh, but mountain biking is something that can be done, uh, at re, you know cost wise, uh, it's not going to be cost
0: prohibitive. And, and you know one of the great things about the mountain bike community that I have uh, discovered as as my daughter is part of the. Uh, team now is the volunteerism of the parents and of the of the mountain bike community right there are i know there are people you know th- that go to lbl and they work on the trails just as a labor of love you know and that's something that i'm sure they would continue with this
1: and that's you know that's something that again going back to marshall county the marshall county community as a whole has always been volunteer oriented unfortunately we in some ways we sort of lost our way in that, in that, uh, and and some people would blame uh, the profession, the profession from which I just recently retired, for causing a lot of those problems. Uh, that, of course, being the legal system. Well, and, and there may be some truth to that because we get so cautious about well, uh, if if somebody volunteers and they get hurt, uh, you know, there's going to be liability here, there's going to be liability there. Well. Uh, Life is full of that. I mean, uh, but w- when we have volunteers, we have to use some common sense, too. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think we have that. Uh, you don't just turn a volunteer loose and put them in harm's way. Right. But mountain bike, the people who work mountain bike trails, they're going to know. Uh, they, they they Again, those people have some sense about them. Yeah. But by the same token, mountain biking is not – uh a risk free sport oh, kids yeah. get hurt all yeah. the time which you don't want anybody to ever get hurt but that's that's part of it but we get hurt no matter what you do yeah. i mean so so you, you can't worry you can't live life worrying about oh i may what if i break my arm you know i broke my ankle playing baseball mm-hmm. uh m- my son? Well,
0: you know, to your point, Dennis, I'll tell a quick story. My daughter's a cheerleader. Okay. And so the cheerleading team, uh, when they found out she was a now a mountain biker, they were so concerned about her getting injured mountain biking and messing them up. Well, she broke her uh, her middle index finger, but guess what? She did it at tumbling practice right. for cheerleading. Sure,
1: sure exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. well, and, and, you know, uh, uh, you look at cheerleading and, and what it has become. Okay, in terms of the gymnastics, the skills that are involved. Uh, You look at college campuses and and you you hear these horror stories where somebody gets dropped off of a doing some kind of a triple flip off of a pyramid. Uh, They can be very dangerous. But uh, again, do you go through life worrying about things or do you live life to the fullest? You try not to do you don't you know, you don't. You don't run out in front of uh, uh, six cars uh, traveling 80 miles an hour down the road. You don't jump out in front of a semi. But there are things we do that, you know, uh, that there are inherent risk involved. And and that's just uh, we try to minimize the dangers, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah,
0: well, you know, you know, another thing uh, I'd like to kind of talk about. One thing that that you and I talked about last year uh, was the Little Dribblers program, right? Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, and uh, you know, we talked about what a. Uh, what a great uh, program that was, as far as setting up the the Marshall County, the future of Marshall County basketball at the high school level, and so forth. And we actually got to, I got to speak to Coach Hatcher. We've got a podcast coming on that,
1: uh-huh. and, and he talked a little bit about it. But you've got something new cracking with the little dribblers. Can well, you talk about it? Sure. Uh, actually, it's not new. It's uh, we're there's no need in reinventing the wheel. And uh, and you mentioned Coach Hatcher because uh, Dax. Uh, your senior year in high school uh, was the first year that the original Little Dribblers program began. Uh, what people don't uh, even realize now, and now I'm really going back, back in the uh, 70s, uh, there were some programs where, uh, and I think, and I hate to even say this, but I think Tennessee. UT had a, a whiz-bang ball handling program that would perform at halftime of Tennessee games. I don't know that UK did that, but but it was something that, that was done. And when Allen came to Marshall County, uh, one of the things that uh, – and he and I got to be friends very quickly. And uh, one of the things that, that we talked about often, and we talked about this on last year's mm-hmm. podcast, was the fact that our players – did not handle the ball as well as they should be able to and we looked at some of those old programs that like i said like Tennessee had done and uh we decided finally uh and it was his last year's coach we, uh, and Jerry Hathcock helped us too Jerry yeah. was Jerry and I along with in working with Allen were actually the ones who started it and and um it was the idea was to get a basketball in the hands of Kindergartners, first graders, and second graders get it in their hands at that age, teach them the proper fundamentals, but stressing the fun mm-hmm. and and we started doing that and did that I guess up until I got out of it in about two thousand six I think mm-hmm. i I believe that was the last year, but that's been ten years ago yeah. uh and and then it took a little different direction um and while there was nothing wrong with the direction it took, it it got more into playing, uh, uh, and it didn't focus enough on, again, the essentials, handling a basketball. That was partly my fault, too, because what—and you learn from mistakes. If you don't learn from your mistakes, then— uh, well anyway we could we could really go into a discussion there yeah. but but what what happened is that uh in the early years uh I would have you know parents some come tell me, well, can my kid participate well, they're not in kindergarten well, if they don't disrupt, I don't care, you can bring them out there i I was all inclusive and all like that it was in hindsight, that was a big mistake because then we would get a three year old uh and now uh we can look back at, at where these kids went um and i always uh uh marvel at some of that but parents uh their kid would be in the little dribblers at three and at four well at five they needed to be shooting threes yeah uh uh never mind that they had to shoot from their ankle and and we couldn't teach them the proper fundamentals of shooting Mm -hmm. uh it's a it's a progressive thing we're in too big of a hurry to rush our kid uh into areas where they don't need to be. Yeah. Uh, a sixth grade kid doesn't need to be playing varsity basketball unless they are the absolute exception. And there are a lot of people who would tell you even at that they shouldn't be playing high school basketball mm-hmm. because of the maturity level or lack thereof. But parents, and I've raised three kids, Uh, all three of them did little dribblers, sort of, uh, none of them ever dribbled a basketball uh, at Marshall County High School in a game. Uh, neither neither of my two so-called athletes. Uh, one of them played baseball at the high school. The other one tried to play softball for a little while, but they went in different directions. My youngest son didn't play sports at all. He did a little dribblers, but the point was, I didn't. I wasn't. Ex- expecting him to do Little Dribblers to become the next Michael Jordan or the next LeBron, uh, the next John Wall, yeah. the next UK star. It's okay for our kids to dream of playing basketball at the University of Kentucky. That's okay. I did that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but guess what? I wasn't good enough. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. Um, another podcast, and folks, just for those listening, we've got four, five or six in the uh, – in the can that uh, we're are about to roll out, so we've got we are got looking some good ones coming. Uh, but you know, Darren Boltrite, who's now the athletic director at it, Wichita State, right. yes, uh, he mentioned that that when he was growing up. He didn't dream of being a Kentucky Wildcat. He dreamed of being a Marshall County Marshal. Yeah, well, and, and you know that goes to exactly what you're talking exactly, about.
1: Exactly, exactly. And and you know, uh, and of course, I'm I'm proud of Darren being athlete now being AD at Wichita State. Of course, I, I think last year when I did the podcast, that's one of my favorite stories about Boatwright talking about you know when he's. Telling the media uh, When he was in The regional tournament Baseball And he had these old He found an. Have you heard the story About no, the old, I haven't. Oh well Boatwright found, They were rummaging Underneath the old uh, Grand Or the, Out the football stadium at, at Marshall County He found an old pair Of Rydell Football shoes And he was superstitious And he would wear them Warming up At baseball games and so they're playing in a regional tournament, and I wasn't there, but I, I've heard the story, and whether it happened or not, it's a great story regardless, okay? Yeah, yeah. Never let the truth stand in the way of a good story. <laughs> That's right. But this probably did happen because uh Darren was – uh he had two or three reporters and where where would you uh, get these shoes? And he told them, well, he said they were my grandfather's shoes when he played in the College World Series for – you guessed it, Wichita State. You can't make this up. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, I had never heard that. Yeah, and, and I was, uh, uh, Darren's senior year, I was, uh, the assistant baseball coach, and I always said they had to bring me in as assistant for us to finally win a regional tournament. Uh, <laughs> yeah. which well, I was fortunate. You know, that's a nice thing to come in first year and you've got a team that's g You, you, you have Scotty Chambers, Boatwright, Trevor Parker, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Corey Belcher was our four, yeah, and Corey was a very good pitcher too. Yes, uh, but uh, you know, uh, when you have that kind of pitching, you're going to win. That's right. Uh, but that was such a funny story with Boatwright, <laughs> and, and but but you know, and, and but you made a point mm-hmm. being a Marshall County Marshal. Well, I, that was I was fortunate enough to get to play basketball at Marshall County, I played baseball too. Yeah. Wasn't a great player, but I got to play. Uh, and a lot of these kids would love that. Well, when we started Little Dribblers, the kids would come out and perform at halftime of games. Well, uh, then again, we got away from that. But And then last year, the program just died, apparently. Uh, yeah. and, and for whatever reason, be it lack of interest or whatever. But uh, back, I guess, around Hoop Fest time, uh, Coach Simmons uh, said, hey, we need to look at this. And then uh, Coach Gillespie said something to me about it too. And so I got with them oh, back oh, a couple of months ago, and I told him I said, I can't coach it anymore. I'm 56 years old. By the time we start, I'm going to be 57. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I don't have those skills anymore. But I can set the program up and get it back to where we need to be. So what we're going to do is we're going to have an organizational meeting on October 29th um, where we're going to have a sign-up. It's going to be limited to kindergartners, first graders, and second graders. Uh, they're not going to be shooting threes. Uh, the older group, we may de- start, depending on how far advanced they are, uh, they could get into basic some basic proper form of shooting but you get a basketball in everybody's hands you teach them the proper way to dribble it uh the one thing i always stressed to kids in little dribblers is you want to be able to handle the basketball so well that it's actually an extension of your hand yeah uh and that's the philosophy that we go under but it's fun uh we tell the parents if your child's out here crying take them off the floor Mm -hmm. but don't get mad at them yeah. And then, because I, I tell you what, I had a kid, uh, first time we ever had a performance. And we're out at the high school and there's a pretty good crowd out there that night. And he said, he came up to me and he said, Mr. Dennis, he said, I think I'm going to be sick. And I said, go find your parent. <laughs> and next thing i knew when uh of course i was doing uh well no the first year i wasn't doing pa uh it was another couple of years before i actually started doing pa but um when we got ready to perform and i always had volunteers to help line them up because they'd run out on the floor and then we'd run them up and down and i'd lead them through drills i looked out uh the same kid who was sick he was back out on the floor, had the biggest grin on his face. He got over his stage fright. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to do, yeah. you know, uh, but get the kids involved. If they get to perform at a little dribblers performance, uh, then we get renewed interest in our basketball program. Yeah. Uh, uh, they get a t-shirt. There is a $15 cost because we have insurance costs that we have to pay. Um, but, if there's any kid who cannot afford Little Dribblers, we're not going to turn anybody away uh, uh, because uh, they can't afford it. Now, you you said uh, October 29th. October 29th. What time? Eight o'clock in the in morning, the morning okay. at the high school gym. Okay, at and the high school gym. Yes, and um, it's on the Little League website, uh, a link, and if people can send me emails with questions, I am – Putting together the informational sheet, mm-hmm. uh, I haven't done that yet, okay. um, but but also parents need to come to this meeting. Okay. Uh, too many times people will say, well, I want to participate, but, but I really can't come to that meeting. No, they need to be at this meeting because they need to hear what I have to say mm-hmm. uh, because we're going to set it up, and the coaches and the Marshall County players are going to be the ones who are actually uh, doing the instruction. Uh, again, I'm going to set up the the framework for them. I'll come out some, uh, but I don't handle the ball like I used to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, Dax, I can't even hit a ground ball anymore. My my close up vision—I've been complaining about it. I need cheaters to be able to read up close, yeah. and it's so bad. I mean, I can my distance vision is great, mm-hmm. but I can't hit a ground ball, much less dribble a basketball. You know. <laughs>
0: Sad, but we're, we're getting older. Well, I t- you know, uh, I hate to tell you, I'm in transition lenses myself.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> uh, believe me, yeah.
0: I, I know the feeling yeah. all too well. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Well, that, you know that that was one thing I was excited about when I heard uh, Shane Cosby and I were talking right. about that uh, they were going to start Little Dribblers back yep. up, and so and it was funny because. Shane and I talked, and we said, you know, uh, we talked about that on last year's podcast, and then, bam, here we are a year later, and it, and it looks like it's coming back.
1: I, I think it's going to happen, and I, I'm excited about that uh, because I think it will renew interest in our basketball program. And and that's one thing, Dax, and, and I think I don't know that sometimes people don't think of me as being one-dimensional, uh, and, and, but I'm not. I am for – any program that encourages our young people to participate, yeah. any good program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a firm believer in fundamentals, starting from the beginning, uh, and teaching the proper way to do things. Uh, when you do that, then you then you are then sports is you know it it is what it's supposed to be uh when you come right down to it but we get away from that too often because then we get wrapped up in the well we've got to be on the greatest competitive team uh for six-year-old travel teams uh let me make this comment about six-year-old or eight-year-old or you know there comes an age where yes uh kids who want to play competitive sports go in a different direction from those who just want to play recreational. There's room for both. But there has to be some sanity about when you do that. Uh, I talk about my youngest, um, and I don't know how many people, if they'll look back on the money they spent on their kids because they thought, I have to do this so they'll get a Division I scholarship – hate to break it to most of these people. They're not going to get Division One scholarships.
0: And, and I can tell you straight up that baseball scholarships, there uh-huh. are no such thing as full-ride
1: baseball scholarships. Exactly. Period. Exactly. You, it, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and people need to understand that. Uh, if you want a scholarship, uh, you hit the books. Yeah. You, you make good grades. Uh, and if you're a good student – there will be There
0: is scholarship money available. You know, Coach Reagan, when I was at Murray State, and I, and I may be a little bit off on the number of scholarships, but, uh, and of course, this is in the 90s. Um, Coach Reagan, I believe, had eight full scholarships to make a baseball team. Right. You know, there's 20-plus kids on the team, exactly. so you do the math. Right. And so the, the thing that he always did, uh, the way, and I may have told this story before, but the way I found out Murray State was recruiting me, the guidance counselor at Marshall County came down to my office or came down to where I was at. I didn't have an office when right. I was in high school. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> but yeah, she yeah. came down to my classroom and said, Hey, uh, Murray State's recruiting you for baseball. And I said, how do you know? And she said, they called and wanted your grades because if your grades weren't up to snuff, they weren't interested because they were going to try to get you academic money.
1: Right. Exactly. And,
0: and so there you go.
1: That, and, and that's what they have to do. Yeah. And, and people don't understand that, uh, you know, my niece played, tennis at transylvania uh but very little scholarship money uh, uh and generally speaking with because of title nine matters uh schools uh there may be more opportunities for girls in certain sports because they have to equalize uh title nine money uh but again it's academic money that's where that's where uh, and, and i had you know you talk about this uh uh A friend of mine who was a judge up in eastern Kentucky, I think one of his sons had a scholarship to Kentucky and played football at the University of Kentucky, was a starter. Uh, uh, I don't know that he was a four-year starter, but he was on scholarship. He was a scholarship athlete. And he told me, he said, there is no such thing as a free ride. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, There are very few free ride scholarships, uh, but uh, they are occasionally there, but... It's a full, you know, it's a real deal, but it's academic. Yeah. It's, it's uh, You know, that's
0: one thing I listened to an interview You know, Ron Polk Some of you who follow College baseball Ron Polk yep. was a legendary coach At Mississippi State Right uh, Georgia And uh, even Georgia Southern mm-hmm. And uh, he, he did an interview In Alabama I think with Wimp Sanderson Okay There's a yeah. blast from the blast past Blast from the past But uh, that's one thing He talked about Is that, you know Baseball, especially And I'm we're just talking Kind of baseball Baseball is an underfunded Sport in college Yes, and it is as, as are a lot of other Athletic programs right. So So I think parents Need to get a grip, you know, about what money is there or not there. And, and, you know, just develop your kids. Hey, you you know, uh, I always tell the story. I had a friend, I won't say his name, but, um, you know, I played with him, and he was the worst player on my little league team all the way up in Paducah right. until the age of 14, and then I went and played storm travel baseball. right? Uh, and then I saw him at Legion tryouts our senior year, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of thought to myself, what is he doing here? He's terrible, right? Right. Um, but he had gotten better mm-hmm. through his high school years and ended up getting a scholarship to a I think either Georgetown or uh, Transylvania, sure. one of those. Sure. And, and and at age fourteen, the kid could not hit a baseball. Right. Right. And he got a, a scholarship four years later. So, yeah. you know, it, you just never know. You
1: don't know, and and it. What happens too often? Again, we we take we want to take shortcuts, and well, they've got to be seen. Uh, Dax, if a kid has talent they will find him. That's right. If or they will find her. Yeah. Uh, players with talent don't very often get left behind.
0: You, I'm gonna make a statement and, and this is probably gonna make some people mad, but I'm just gonna say it. You know, everything now is showcases. And and I, I told yeah. somebody I would like to shake the hand of the college coach who figured out I can charge money for kids to come to my school <laughs> to work out so yeah. that I could watch them to decide whether uh, yeah. they want to play for oh, or not. Oh, I
1: know. I know. I know. It amazes me. But they, again, the scouts will find you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they they know, the ones who know. Yeah. They right. find the talent. Mm. And if a kid's good enough, they find them.
0: Well, you know, and going back to Little Dribblers, and one thing you touched on, you know, I I think it's clear we all support Marshall County High School. Exactly. And, and and uh John Solomon in his Hall of Fame speech uh mentioned that at times he feels guilty uh, when he goes to ball games, when he sees the crowds that are there now right. compared to back when we played because, you know, every night it was packed house. Packed house. About. Yes, it was. And and so, you know, that was one thing that really struck me last year when I attended some of the games, you know, that weren't the Graves counties or the, they were some of the middle tier games. Yep. And the crowds were just not there. and And, no. and I'm hoping that. By you know, getting kids involved and excited at younger ages will bring folks back to the gym, that, right? and
1: that's what we want to do. Yeah. And, and 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 it it actually does more than that. Okay, if we can get kids excited about coming out the little dribblers, and get parents excited about bringing their kids out, but keeping in mind that you know their little dribblers years may be the only time they ever make it on the high school floor, yeah. but. Come out and get a picture of them out there as a kindergartner. It's great. You know, I, I found some old pictures, 25 years old, of some of the little dribblers. And, and I look at some of these kids and, wow. And then I found one. Oh, that's Catherine, my daughter. Uh, Chandler wouldn't show up for, to get his picture taken, <laughs> but that's okay too. Yeah. Uh, Alec at least showed up, but I mean, he, he wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't an athlete yeah. and, and didn't claim to be. Right. Uh, but we didn't push him into athletics. Uh, there's nothing worse than somebody trying to push a kid into something that they're not – not that's not their thing.
0: He's uh, done pretty well. Homecoming king, I uh, saw. Well, that I, was last year. Yeah, yeah last yeah. year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so. uh,
1: and, uh, but, but he was valedictorian of high school class. Right. Uh, and uh, he's at the University of Kentucky now with an academic scholarship and yeah. dad's not paying anything Damn. and that doesn't happen very often yeah that's right you know uh uh and so needless to say I, i'm proud of him but mm-hmm. that goes back to that Find they'll find their niche let kids find their niche but little dribblers if they want if basketball is in their future let's get them started the right way yeah okay then hopefully we'll build our numbers back up then maybe uh, and I know that the Little League program has ha- has struggled with numbers in the past few years, but they've made some good changes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, when you talk about Shane being yeah. involved in that, and, and I know they have been doing some good things uh, because they recognized the need to turn some things around. Right. Uh, and, and I'm and I'm I'm happy to see what what I think is happening there. Well, this should help. And, and and we're running we're gonna do the Little Dribblers program, we're running it through the Little League basketball program mm-hmm. because we all we want it all to be a part of Marshall County basketball. Right. And that's the way it's always been designed and and that's the way it needs to be. Yeah. Well, then you get kids participating in high school, then they you know they get to meet that high school player who's teaching them how to dribble. Uh they get a little interaction with the coaches.
0: Uh, oh, and and you tell – you know, I, I think back to, you know, our team – our 89 team was inducted in the Hall of Fame right. this past year. Yes. And, and we had a get-together of all of Hatcher's old players. And, you know, it was a thrill for me as an adult to get to see the guys – that, that i looked up to at marshall county that were ahead of me that i really didn't know i yeah. didn't know those guys yeah but it was really neat to get together and so that's kind of what you're talking about right, is. exactly in years you know looking at as the kids get older they'll be like hey i saw that particular guy right. play or the john solomon oh yeah and yeah terry yeah. bird songs yeah and so forth.
1: oh yeah yeah um and you know uh mine goes back to uh north marshall players because I was, you know, I grew up here in Calvert City mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, followed North Marshall and, you know, one of, um, you know, Donald King was, uh, inducted into the Hall yeah. of Fame, uh, a couple of years ago. Well, Donald was a neighbor of mine. And I remember, uh, uh, watching him play, uh, Howard Beth, you know. And then it was funny because Howard started refereeing, or he refereed some when he was in college, uh, uh, and he refereed some of our games um, when I was playing uh, on the school team back in, back at Calvert Eleme- at Calvert Elementary, back when you had seventh and eighth grade teams uh, before consolidation, and then next thing you knew, uh, uh, Howard was uh, the assistant coach at the high school, and and I always like to brag and say you know, uh, and I always felt sorry for the girls. Uh, who played point guard for Howard? But I always said I can relate. I was Howard's first point guard on JV team. Yeah, yeah and uh, but 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 we loved him. Yeah, you know he would he would get on us when we needed to be gotten on. But it, but one one thing about uh, Howard as a coach was uh, uh, he would you might get you do something wrong and you might get chewed out and he might take you out of the game. Uh, but I still remember one time and I had messed up something. I'm on the bench. He comes down and he said, are you ready to play now? Why, I would have run through the wall uh, to show him I was ready to play. You know, but, you know, you – and it's that pride, yeah, exactly. in Marshall
0: County and right. at North Marshall. Right. You know, that oh, yeah. it's that pride that you that we've got to get back in this county. Yeah, yeah, for and, our and
1: and I think it's still there. I think mm-hmm. it's just it's just kind of gotten some dirt thrown on it. Yeah, you know. And but we 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 have to get back there. This is a good way to start it. Uh, but I want parents to keep things in perspective. We. we we stress the fun in fundamentals. Yes,
0: I think that's great. And
1: then if you can teach, teach the proper way to do things and teach a love for the game, and, and some kids aren't going to love the game anyway, yeah. then don't push them into it. There's nothing worse than a kid standing around who doesn't want to be doing that, uh, when they might be the next, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Nobel Peace Prize winner. Uh, they might be the next great author. Yeah. Uh, fit, put them where they need to be, yeah. you know? Well, let's state that again. That's uh is that a Saturday? Saturday, October 29th. October 29th. Uh, that'd be two weeks from today, okay. eight o'clock. Uh, we will have uh, the registration and sign up. And then we'll start practicing the next week and I'll be giving out practice schedules, information sheets. Now, uh, that will, that meeting will be my informational meeting. I'm going to go through it and introduce, you know, the coaches and, and, uh, and then they may talk a little bit. But for the most part, that's going to be me getting people signed up, uh, getting t-shirt sizes and things like that. And, um, I uh, CFSB is going to sponsor the t-shirts. Cool. So, uh, so we're excited about that. And, uh, we're, we're just looking forward to it because I really think that, uh, it, We can get our numbers back up, and they'll be performing. Each group will have two performances at halftime of high school games, and that'll be starting, uh, I think, the first home game is November 29th, and I think we'll have performances that night if things go according to plan. Uh, That's awesome. Well, Dennis, it's great to catch back up with you. And, and again,
0: congratulations on being the first repeat interview of the (laughs) com podcast. The the question is, will I ever be a (laughs) three-peat? <laughs> we'll give it a shot. All right. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks, Dax. If you enjoyed the podcast, which why wouldn't you? If you're listening to the Legend. Tell somebody about it. Well, what need you do is you share it on your Facebook and then get your friends to share it. Are you have been listening to Dax? My hand, the Legend.